the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Merciful God, send your spirit to us, wearied by the changes and chances of life. Speak your eternal word of grace and summon us to faithfulness through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of John. Listen for God's word to you. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted, All who are thirsty should come to me. All who believe in me should drink. As the scripture said concerning me, rivers of living water will flow out from within him. Jesus said this concerning the Spirit. Those who believe in him should soon receive the Spirit. But they hadn't experienced the Spirit yet since Jesus hadn't been glorified. When some in the crowd heard these words, they said, This man is truly the prophet. Others said, He's the Christ. But others said, The Christ didn't come from Galilee. Can he? Didn't the scripture say that Christ comes from David's family and from Bethlehem, David's village? So the crowd was divided over Jesus. Some wanted to arrest him, but no one grabbed him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading comes from the prophet Jeremiah. O land, O land, O land, hear the word of the Holy One. The Holy One's word came to me. Go and proclaim to the people of Jerusalem. The Holy One proclaims, I remember your first love, your devotion as a young bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in an unplanted land. Israel was devoted to the Holy One, the early produce of the harvest. Whoever ate from it became guilty. Disaster overtook them, declares the Holy One. Listen to the Holy One's word, people of Judah, all you families of the Israelite household. This is what the Holy One says. What wrong did your ancestors find in me that made them wander so far? They pursued what was worthless and became worthless. They did not ask, where is the Holy One who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness in a land of deserts and ravines, in a land of drought and darkness, in a land of no return, where no one survives? 
I brought you into a land of plenty to enjoy its gifts and goodness. But you ruined my land. You disgraced my heritage. The priests did not ask, where is the Holy One? Those responsible for the Torah didn't know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets spoke in the name of Baal, going after what has no value. That is why I will take you to court and charge even your descendants, declares the Holy One. Look to the west, as far as the shores of Cyprus, and to the east, as far as the land of Kedar. Ask anyone there, has anything this odd ever taken place? Has a nation switched gods, though they aren't really gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glory for what has no value. Be stunned at such a thing, you heavens. Shudder and quake, declares the Holy One. My people have committed two crimes. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug wells, broken wells that can't hold water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Welcome to August, folks, the hottest month of the year. Aren't you glad we decided to launch in-person worship now in our sanctuary with no air conditioning? If you're sweating, I'd like to offer you this nice big glass of cold water. Jeannie, would you like some water? Oh, what's wrong? It's, it's only got a little mud in it. Okay, maybe more than a little mud. Children understand that given the choice, drinking muddy water is pretty dumb. Adults, however, sometimes try to convince each other that water is supposed to be brown. Wilbur Tennant knew better. A cattle farmer in Parkersburg, West Virginia, Tennant saw his cows grow sick, horrifically sick. Tumors and black teeth and wasting away sick. Tennant suspected that runoff from a landfill near his property had killed these animals. But since the DuPont chemical plant owned the landfill, no one would listen to him. DuPont kept Parkersburg people employed, so they rationalized the cows dying away, just like they rationalized the high rates of cancer and thyroid disease in their town. Over a two-decade court battle, corporate defense lawyer Robert Bilot proved that the plant had leaked toxic chemicals 
into the air, the soil, and drinking water. Moreover, DuPont knew about it. But like so many, they looked the other way. It's as if they said, eh, water is supposed to be brown. As in West Virginia, so in the kingdom of Judah, two and a half thousand years ago, leaders looking the other way, rationalizing corruption, don't seek military alliances with other nations, said the Holy One's prophets. Trust in God's strength. But the kings of tiny Judah felt insecure. And so they tried to bargain with the ancient superpowers of Egypt, Assyria, and Babylon. What are you doing? yelled the Holy One's prophets. But the prophets of the royal court placated the rulers with optimistic messages about military success. Those weren't the words of the God of Israel. They might as well have been mouthpieces for other deities or their own delusions. Remember the poor, pleaded the Holy One's prophets. But while the Torah experts may have diligently read God's word, they didn't hear God's constant concern for poor folks, immigrants, orphans, and widows. The priests were no better, leading worship for worship's sake instead of letting the presence of God break open their hearts and transform their lives. Jeremiah was one such prophet of the Holy One in a long line of disgruntled bearers of God's message. While the leaders around him persuaded each other that brown water was delicious and refreshing, Jeremiah told the truth. That brackish muck is nothing compared to the pure rushing water of life that the Holy One provides. The elites of Jerusalem rejected Jeremiah's antics, but their children exiled in Babylon returned to the prophet's words looking for a message of hope. After the military alliances imploded, after the Babylonians forcibly removed people, after the Babylonians burned Judah's capital to the ground, the exiles could not deny the truth about muddy waters. They turned to the records of Jeremiah's ministry, wondering, was there still any living water to be found? Yes, there was living water for them. And yes, there is living water for us. The people exiled in Babylon 
discovered that the God of their ancestors was a God on the move. The Holy One had led the formerly enslaved Israelites through the land of deserts and ravines, through the land of drought and darkness, through the wilderness of no return and no survival. God's sustaining presence met people where they were, surprising them like water bursting from a rock in barren land. God was even there in Babylon, behind enemy lines, offering the same promise. Trust in me. Take care of your neighbors. I will refresh your weary souls. Five centuries later, when Babylon was long gone and Rome held sway over Judeans' lives, people experienced God on the move again. The fountain of living water bubbled up in Jesus. God's love made flesh and bone, washing over a Samaritan woman and festival goers in Jerusalem. The festival was Sukkot, the celebration of God's gracious presence in the wilderness as much as in the promised land. Looking forward to the rainy season, pilgrims would have sang these words from the prophet Isaiah. With joy you shall draw water from the wells of salvation. And there, in their midst, the well of salvation stood among them, proclaiming the promise, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, and receive my gift of life. As for these turbulent days of 2020, God is still on the move, as present with people sheltering at home, as in these disinfected pews. Here is the question then for each of us. Will we turn and drink from this living water? It is the difference between the Jerusalem generation and the Babylon generation. The former operated under the illusion of control, putting off the concerns of the most vulnerable in their society for short-term political goals. They convinced themselves that muddy water was just fine, that water was supposed to be brown. The Babylon generation had no such illusions. They saw what corruption had cost their parents. They experienced the bottom falling out. They didn't try to pass off muddy water for clean. They thirsted for the truth. I want living water. I don't want to just read about God's saving acts. 
I want to drink deep from the river flowing from Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that Jesus will nourish us at his table today. But then Jesus will go out into the world and ask me to follow him out those doors and into the lives of people who don't have clean water, into the lives of neighbors who are resisting injustice, into the lives of neighbors who have enough stuff but are thirsty for purpose. Living water is running water after all. Our God is on the move. I want living water because I know that the wells I dig are not exactly first-rate work. I make mistakes. I need to seek forgiveness. And that's just me. We live in a society built by fallible human beings, which means that mistakes are the best case scenario. Over 150,000 dead in the United States from COVID-19 is an example of a much worse scenario. When human greed and human ignorance try to pass off muddy water for clean. Even as we acclimate to this exile from ordinary times, like the Babylon generation, we can recognize that ordinary times were only good for a few people. And like the Babylon generation, we can receive God's promise today. Trust me. Take care of your neighbors. I will refresh your weary souls. Friends, why rely on wells with cracked walls when the fountain of living water is bubbling up here in our midst? This is the fountain of love, sending us to love our community. This is the fountain of peace, commissioning us to seek justice for the hurting. This is the fountain of grace, whose mercy overcomes every barrier that we put up. For such grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God the fire of righteousness, the shepherd of exiles, who renews the covenant, engraving it upon our hearts. Amen.